everyone. Welcome to the Felicity Optimist versus Cynic podcast with us, your hosts, Melissa and Fish. This is a Felicity rewatch podcast. We'll watch an episode each week and join you here to talk about it. Just a quick reminder, the reminder we always give, this is not a spoiler-free podcast. So if you came here not wanting to know anything about what happens in the future of Felicity, we can't promise you that'll happen here. But it's still fun, so stick with us if you can. So I am Melissa, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Fish. Fish, how are you doing today? I'm good today. I uh, took some time, and I got lots of sleep, so I am ready. Oh, good. Well, we know from the last couple episodes that that was not necessarily the case, so I'm glad to hear that you're back on track now. Yes. Awesome. Well, we are here to talk today about season one, episode 15. This one was called Love and Marriage. It originally aired February 23rd, 1999, directed by Todd Holland and written by a team, Jennifer Levin and Andrea Newman. So this one, the summary is Felicity receives a marriage proposal from a green card seeking Javier and Noel gets a visit from his brother who shocks him with news that he's gay. Also, Ben takes up swimming. So normally, Fish, I'd throw it over to you and say, where do you want to start? But I think um, I'm going to start on this one because I don't know about this episode, Fish. Um, And the reason why is I feel like I've seen these names come up before from this writing team. I've seen this, this name come up before from this director. So I'm not sure why it feels like these people have never seen the show. Um, For me, it feels like there's a bunch of storylines that come literally out of nowhere uh, to the point where one even gets acknowledged like uh, you know, Javier needing to, he's, he's going to be deported soon. And Felicity yeah. tells this to Noel and Noel says, and he just figured this out. Yeah. Um, and I feel like the whole episode for me is like, where did this come from exactly? And how is this like urgent now? Um, and I didn't necessarily buy the versions of all the characters that we got here. So I just wanted to take your temperature uh, how are you, did this episode land for you? Um, I mean, it seemed like they wanted to do a theme episode Mm -hmm. and in order to do a theme episode, they just started throwing people who were gay out there and creating issues for them. Uh, it happens with everything though. Like even Ben, Ben starts to swim swimming. It's like out of nowhere. And Julie's like, you're going to the pool again. (laughs) It's like, we've never seen him go to the pool ever or even talk about it. I don't know. Like, I feel like when he was trying out for the track team, there was a lead in of like him having a conversation about running shoes with Felicity. Um, I don't know. It just felt like the writers were given a direction. This is what this episode is about. And they had to make it happen. And it's so strange to me that I feel this way about it, because if you look back at Todd Mulcahy part one, I mean, that was random, right? And they somehow weaved it in really well. And this feels like, I don't, 
know that it worked for me as well with them trying to open up all these storylines. Well, I think with Todd Mulcahy, he came in and pulled together a bunch of themes that were already in the show. Hmm. Whereas this was, I mean, they did, they just sort of threw a bunch of stuff in there and then new people on top of it. Yeah. So it, it did feel like there are quite a few Where new people. Where did this come from? <laughs> yeah, it really did to me. And so I'm going to apologize to the listeners up front. I mean, if you love this episode, I guess maybe talk me through why you love it. <laughs> right, Joe? Let us know. Because I, um, I, I, I agree with you, Fish. I think they were absolutely going for a theme. Um, and I think that they got there. I, but yeah. it feels weirdly almost like a bottle episode, but it's not. Uh, and there's some stuff that they opened up that I guess they're going to explore more in the future. But um, it, yeah, I, it just felt a little jarring to me. Yeah. And we have time in between these. And we also think about them and record them. So I also feel like it's very jarring coming off of Todd Mulcahy part two, mm-hmm. because, you know, there was all this stuff that was opened up in oh my those God, you're episodes. Right. Yeah, and they didn't follow any of them. So like, there's nothing about Julie and her mom. There's nothing about the art studio, you know, all of the things. Maybe that that's what this is. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> like we just had this really important stuff happen. And then they were like, okay, we're gonna put that stuff over here. And now we're gonna think about this important yeah, stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, you're right. That's probably what I'm reacting to because I feel like they set me up really well for something. Yeah. And that didn't happen. No, I do feel like, uh, Felicity going into the art studio would have been something I would have expected. Yeah. From this next episode. Hmm. Thank you for putting that context to it. Uh, cause I, th- I think that is, because I made all this noise the last two episodes about how this is setting up the future. And then in this episode, it, it was a setup for nothing. Uh, <laughs> like this is a complete like spinoff story um, from where we were the last two episodes. So, okay. That's probably what's happening here. My brain folks, it works logically. It's like, I had this teacher in middle school, this English teacher, Ms. Bolin, she was great. And she had some things that she said or things she like made demonic devices for that I made, I just remember them well into the future. And so she always used to say in terms of story construction, she'd say, tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, tell them what you told them. (laughs) And so it was like actually a really smart way of setting things up. Cause it's like, you announce what you're going to say, then you say it. And then you debrief what you said to your audience. You, you, you remind them what just happened and it helps keep the audience along for the ride. And I think that often happens with shows when they like show you something that's going to come up later, or they'll like, you know, we, we call it like Chekhov's whatever, like Chekhov's uh, you know, gun or something like that. You see a gun in the, the beginning of a movie, it's probably going to u- get used later. Um, well, that often is how this show works and it didn't really happen here. So this yeah, was just like, we were telling you this story. I'm going to throw this stuff in the middle now. 
Yeah, and it's something must happen, right? Because I at least I remember that like this is not the end of Javier. So like he leaves to go to Spain, but for some reason he comes back. Yes. And I Yes, I folks, we're going to get a lot more of Javier in the future. I don't think in this season though. Oh, so he did leave for like the whole rest of the season. Uh yeah, I mean, we are, so we're at episode 15, there are 21 total in this season. So I'm guessing he was just, you know, his, he was contracted for a certain number of episodes. This is how they kind of exited his storyline. He's going to come back, uh, I believe in season two, if I'm right. Um, that makes a little more sense because for me, it was also jarring because I didn't realize that he didn't come back. I was kind of assuming that within the next couple of episodes, he'd be back. And then that would have been really weird. Like why send him off? They're actually going to bring some other person in to be a manager um, of the, of that Dean and Duluca location. So we'll see a little bit of that person, but we're going to get, we're going to get Javier again, but it's going to be a little while before we do. So yeah, they didn't just, ship him off to Pamplona to bring him right back. Um, it, it's He's not going to show up in the episode like, we wouldn't believe what happened on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> they, they are, you know, I, I think it was probably just, he has only so many episodes he was supposed to do. And like, just... I got a letter from my birth mother. I'm actually American. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're going to bring him back. They're going to find a way. It's just not going to be the second after he leaves, <laughs> um, it'll be long enough where we'll see another Samuel in the future and it will be another Samuel. <laughs> well, yeah, that was the other thing. This is the first time we've seen Samuel and he has no lines. This will be the only time we see this Samuel. <laughs> okay. um, right. uh, but yeah, he got face checked anyway. Like, I don't know. He's in it. I guess. Um, I mean, good job, Samuel one. Yeah, there's going to be a Samuel V2 who gets a little bit more to do. Um, But that's going to be quite some time in the future. But yeah, I mean, for those of you who were upset that you don't get a lot of, you know, Javier to this point, boy, there's going to be a lot of him later. Um, They'll bring him back, I promise. He's adorable. We love the... um, the comedy that he brings and you know even though this episode was very as you've kind of alluded random there were still these really funny moments in it that Mm -hmm. I enjoyed uh I love that it opened up with the hairnet yeah because I remember the hairnet that's what I remember and I was thinking when I saw Ben's hair, I thought, wow, his hair looks especially beautiful today. And then Javier comes straight over and he's like, nope, nope, nope. You have got to get that under control. <laughs> Here's your hairnet. You don't want to wear a black hat. You're going to wear a hairnet. Sorry. And I was very surprised when he actually wore it later. I did not expect that to happen. Yeah, because he thinks the lawyer that's come in to talk with Felicity and Javier is actually somebody from the Board of Health and that now more than ever, he needs to wear his hairnet <laughs> and he does so in 
you know, he is very clear with this woman that he's got a hairnet on. He, he lingers in front of them for quite some time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why he thought she was the Board of Health. Like, why would they be sitting down with Felicity? Like, yeah. I can understand them talking to Javier and like walking around and checking on things, but just sitting at a table and talking to Javier and Felicity doesn't seem like what a health inspector does, but no, I mean, there's literally no reason for this, except that Ben needed to wear a hairnet. Like yeah. they wanted Ben wearing like in the, you know, when they got their whiteboard out, <laughs> we're mapping out what happens in the show. They thought, when can we get Ben in a hairnet? And it was going <laughs> to happen is now. This is how they did it. So I had a question too. So in this opening scene, uh-huh. um, Felicity is talking about, um, she takes a call from Noel and she's talking about how he got, you know, some spot in a graphic design um, exhibition. Yeah, and I think they're calling it some sort of an expo. Yeah. Um, And then Ben has this very weird reaction where he kind of looks at her funny and he says something like, oh, you know, I I guess you were right when you said he was talented. And I kind of took that to be like he was a little jealous, Hmm. which I I thought was very, yeah, but it's weird, right? Because he's with Julie and, and we don't see anything else about him being jealous. So I, I don't know, I've been confused for a few episodes with Ben on little things like that, where I've just seen, I don't know, the relationship between him and Felicity seems a little weird. Well, I mean, you're asking somebody who thinks this whole episode's a little weird. So I, it's so hard to know. This is the kind of thing where it's like the stuff they give us in this episode, do I build that into the character's story in my own head or do I like discard it as I don't know if they nailed it um but with this particular thing this is not the first time that you've said in fact there have been quite a few times that you've said that you feel like Ben is giving her a look or maybe there's a little jealousy or maybe there's a little bit of feelings there so I don't know I'm prepared to not discard this because you've seen notes of it before. And yeah. so I don't know, maybe there's something there. I will say that the relationship right now between Ben and Julie, yeah, it's a relationship. But do I feel like I see love oozing out of every pore? Not really. I mean, Ben's been withholding information from her. He never he never told her about trying out for the track team and not making it. He hasn't really been involving her in his interest in swimming until this episode. We, we get the feeling in that first conversation they have that she's seeing that this is becoming really important to him, but he's never communicated to her about it. And she's trying to get him to, so I don't know. And then like, you know, they're in Epstein bar. Uh, first time we're going to see this location. And um, Lynn is, bartending and Lynn's drawing something like a weird vibe out of Ben. And, you know, Ben goes into that saying to Julie, I'm not going to try out for, for the swim team. And then after being kind of a little riled up by Lynn, 
he's like, I'm trying out for the swim team. And Julie's just sitting there thinking, who is this man? Um, so I don't know if I feel like their relationship is tight. Um, I don't know. Where do you think they are right now? I know it seems odd. Um, whereas before they were having these intimate scenes where they were laying on a bed together and he was reading, what was it? Whitman or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now they're, you know, when, so first I just, I saw this. So I have to say Julie's guitar looks awesome. Yeah. I it's love beautiful. that guitar, but I would have assumed that when he's saying, you know, I have to go to the pool to clear my head, he's packing a bag, he would have he would have done what he normally does, which is like reach out and squeeze her shoulder or hold her arm or maybe like give her a kiss on the cheek or something. And there was nothing. And that felt very weird. And he also he's going hot and cold, which I'm not sure if this is going to be a trait that he continues to have. Because, I mean, and maybe I'm misremembering this, but I thought when he didn't make the track team, he went and he like sat on the steps with Felicity and she knew that he didn't make the track team. But he had never told her and she didn't admit that she knew. Okay. So he came away from that. he didn't get any sense that she knew. Yeah. So he, he didn't invite her to be there with him. She was walking by, she saw him sitting, looking alone and looking dejected on that stoop. And she knew why, but she sat down next to him just to sort of be there. And he kind of didn't allude to what had just happened. He just sort of was like, yeah, I'm sitting on the stoop looking out at the world. And she got up from that conversation and she never told him that she had seen him not make the track team. So he still thinks that's a secret from everybody. Okay. So then that makes more sense. But I also think it's very weird. Uh, I feel like you either run or you swim. So I played water polo Mm -hmm. and I was a swimmer and, you know, we were told like stay off of land, you know, because you can get hurt (laughs) And, you know, do not join inland activities. We did not run. And I feel like a lot of the people who ran or played soccer or something like that did not swim particularly well. And readers, I will share this with you. Melissa is a fantastic gymnast and was uh, the, um, not the coach. What's the word I'm looking for? Captain. (laughs) Captain. She was the captain of the team. And I have been in the pool with Melissa and she sinks. I sinks fast. I <laughs> just to the my bottom God. of the pool. Uh, it's a tragedy. People have tried to teach me how to float. And I they just, can. I like, even since a young age, when I was a, a, a wee girl, <laughs> I, yeah. I would just sink from the legs down quit first. <laughs> yes. And, and I, didn't believe her. I really didn't because my whole life I've spent in the pool. And I was like, there's no way you're just clearly you don't know how to float. Um, I was yeah. like, take a deep breath in, you know, I did all the things. And then I would like let her legs go and she would just sink. She yeah. would just sink. So yeah. <laughs> this is <laughs> like, I feel like there are land people and there are water people. And it is very <laughs> unlikely that you are going to have someone on the track team who also makes the swimming team. 
Well, I'm going to blow your mind to your fish because he also really likes to play basketball. <laughs> yeah, but you can do pickup games in basketball. There's a yeah. difference between that. I mean, we had a girl from the basketball team who was like six, five or something. I mean, she was ridiculously tall who played mm-hmm. water polo with us. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that kind of worked out. Um, and she wasn't a starter or anything like that. But, you know, it's um, anyway, I, I'm sure this also happens to you when you watch gymnastics like in a television show mm-hmm. but i just have such a problem with like swimming you know they're saying he's so great at swimming and then they show him swimming and mm-hmm. he is clearly not good at swimming and so here's what's funny i think i think that the actor actually did swim um but i, mean, I remember but yeah. he can stay afloat, but he is not a like His college not, yeah. swimmer. Like the technique I, isn't there. I have a distinct memory. I don't me- remember much about when you and I watched this in college, but I do remember when you saw him swim in this episode when we were watching it in college. You were like, "That is terrible form." <laughs> yes. Okay, well, I'm having the same reaction now. It's terrible. I'm here to tell you that you and your 20 plus year old ago self uh, have exactly the same viewpoint on his swimming technique. Because it's true. His, his body was not in the right position. He was way too close to the wall. Like, and, and Lane was not much better. Um, and the other thing was, I mean, 55 seconds on a hundred freestyle. No, like, I looked up the times and to qualify for a D1 school, just to qualify for the team, you need a 43.8 second. Okay. And to qualify for even a D4 team, you need 50.9 on like the very high end. Like when I heard 55 seconds, I was like, I don't even think you could qualify for our high school team with that time. Wow. So I just I had a lot of problems with the whole swimming thing. Yeah. 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 Um, I think just periodically I'm going to apologize to the listeners for us (laughs) about this episode. Because gosh, what happened? What happened? Um I mean, and some of it, so I'm trying to parse through for myself how much of this is, is like lessons I take forward with me going into the remaining, like the coming days of the show, um, versus what we just sort of chalk up to, boy, they had a job to do in this writing room and it may not or may not have had anything to do with the jobs they had to do in the writing room for the past several weeks. Um, the swimming stuff is, uh, you know, really technical and I'm glad that we have a water polo player's eye to help us understand this. And, you know, certainly as somebody who's a known singer, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to give you that kind of feedback. Um, I'm, I'm now known around the world for sinking really fast. So I can't give you that kind of feedback, but that's why we have fish. Yes. Oh, yeah, and fish. also Lynn, shut up. We all had to get up at 5 a.m. and walk through the snow and you don't even have long hair. Because let me tell you, you get out of the pool 
and it's like freezing outside and your hair freezes and then it'll just break. Mm -hmm. No, mm -mm. just quiet you. And that's, and that's how we meet Lynn, right? Lynn will be somebody that we get to know more in the show and his girlfriend, Nicole, and we meet him and he's complaining about waking up early for the swim team that he's not even on yet. Uh, so I don't understand that part, but that's okay. Uh, he's complaining about waking up early and we'll Wait, see is he a freshman. Hmm. A I just assumed oh, he was older. Said. He looks older. They, I don't I know mean, that they, they specifically all look say. about, <laughs> they all don't look like they're in college, but that's okay. Um, yeah, I feel like he looks a little older than, than the average, but he, um, you know, I do, what I do like about him in this episode is that they're introducing us to him and he has a very specific personality. And I think it does shine through in this episode. He's got his theories, you know, everybody does three things better than everybody else for him. It's never forgetting a face. He's a bomb parallel Parker and he makes the best Harvey Wallbanger in the city. Um, so he's, I don't know, he's got a very specific worldview and he's bringing out a weird energy in Ben. And I think it'll smooth out over time, but I do think that's part of their story initially where he's almost, it's not that he's bringing out a competitive side of Ben, but it's like, he's, he's jarring something in Ben. Um, I think it is a little bit of a competitive thing because it's sports, it's the same event and especially when they were done swimming, it did feel like it was like, those are the two alpha males who are going to be competing against each other. Mm -hmm. But in addition to that, I can kind of see, you know, he also brings up the fact that Ben didn't make the track team mm -hmm. and all of that stuff. So that's extra. But I, I feel like personally, from the small bit I've seen so far, I'd really like Lynn. I feel like his, personality would be fun and quirky, mm -hmm. but I can also see how it would be really grating to some people. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Ben might be one of those people who's just used to conversations going smoothly and not, I mean, Felicity is like cute, awkward. He, Lynn seems like he can be maybe a little aggressive, awkward. Yeah. It's hard to know how to classify him. Cause I don't, I don't even know if I, if aggressive is the word that I would use, he's just, he's just, he's bold. Mm -hmm. Um, he's, he's maybe, ex, maybe a little eccentric, yeah. but he packages it in logic. Yeah. Uh, he seems like he's really smart and really out there at the same time. And I get all of that from Lynn and he's really sort of niggling at Ben here without trying to, this is just him sharing his worldview, sharing the truth. I mean, he saw Ben not make the track team. He has no idea that Ben has never told a single other human that he never made the, and that he's like deeply ashamed of not making the track team. He just knows it. And so for him, it was like, oh yeah, I saw you not make the track team, not even fathoming that that could be, uh, I really don't think that that was him trying to um, psych out Ben. I think that was him trying to be friendly and be like, I know you from somewhere. Oh, this is where I know you from. And this is just stuff that's really eating at Ben. I also think that 
and this is, this is the first time as many times as I've watched this show, this is the first time I've ever really thought about this. Lynn has a theory that everybody does three things better than anybody else. But Ben later on in the episode says to Julie, you know, every single other person in our group has something they're really good at. Mm -hmm. And he's saying that because he feels like he doesn't have a thing. And so that's why he wants the swim team. It was why he wanted track, but he's like remarking on what everybody else has got. And he doesn't feel like he has got anything to hook onto. Um, and then here's Lynn coming and said, everybody else got three things that they do better than everybody. And he's like, I can't even think of one. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. I think that Lynn is bringing to the forefront some things that Ben is seeing as an inadequacy in himself right now. Yeah, I definitely think that makes it worse as the episode goes on. But even in that kind of uh it's not, I guess it is kind of the introduction um, in the, like after Ben has already been swimming once um, and then they're in the, the mail room and sort of his first introduction to Lynn is you know, Lynn saying, you know, I know you from somewhere. And this was the part where I thought it was a little aggressive. You know, Ben says, I don't think so. And then Lynn steps forward and says, no, I know you from somewhere. And then he steps forward again and mm-hmm. he like gets into Ben's space and like insists that he knows him. And he's very intense, I think. Mm-hmm. And then Ben makes, you know, kind of like an awkward comment about, you know, I had a, I had a car, you could you parallel park it. Um, but it, he's... Ben seems very defensive in this episode. That might be, that might be it. And as, and it's bringing out a sarcasm in him. His, his coping mechanism in this situation seems to be sarcasm and then like fighting back. And when I say fighting back, I mean, taking it into the pool. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, it's a really interesting vibe. And I think that, I believe that this is where these two characters start. Their relationship will evolve, but I, I do believe this. Um, and I'm glad that you came away feeling like uh, Lynn's a little out there, but you kind of like him. Cause I think he's basically a likable character. I think throughout the show. I mean, I, I don't know if I've met a lot of people who are like, Lynn must die. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I, you know, I, I enjoy him. I think, you know, he's a really interesting character. And, and he's a redhead. I mean, you know, yay for the redheads. And I just think it's nice to see this guy who I really do think of him as like the smart, the smart guy who's a little out there. You know, he's like, he's in his own world. He's probably always been in his own world his whole life, but he seems to be able to mesh well with other people when you, when you look overall at the whole show. Um, and yeah, I think, I think he, he's probably really misunderstood, but finds a way to be affable about it anyway. Yeah. I'm going to be interested to like, to see more of him. I mean, I really don't remember much of him, any of him. Um, but I feel like I'm going to like him. 
Yeah, I think that's fair. Well, we'll see how it goes. You'll get more opportunity with him in this season. Um, so let's circle back because we we started on a topic, then we immediately moved off of that topic to talk about Ben and his swimming. So let's let's go back on. So um, you know, actually we we touched upon a few different things. <laughs> Where could we go now? We could go anywhere we want. So uh we do open the show, Javier sits down with Felicity, gives her a raise, yeah. and then proposes marriage. <laughs> I misunderstood this. Um, When he said, I want you to marry me, I thought he meant officiate. Oh. Yeah. And so it took me a minute to to come back around. (laughs) I was like, "Uh, uh, wait, wait a minute. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it took me a minute to, to get to the green card part of it. Yeah, well, I, I'm now seeing that possible interpretation because he is not married to Samuel. He is dating Samuel. Yeah. And, ooh, okay. Well, clarification needed here. Javier yeah. is asking to marry Felicity. Apparently. <laughs> and it was awkward because there was the whole, um, like, intro break in between him saying, like, marry me, and then the dear sally tape when she starts talking about uh her dream wedding not being to a short balding homosexual at city hall yeah yeah and i was like hmm maybe she's not officiating (laughs) i can see how that would have been confusing okay so well that's not what they were trying to do that's not what they were getting at i'm glad you got there eventually um but that does shift the understanding of the beginning of the story i mean it's pretty important for this particular episode that you understand <laughs> as soon as possible that Javier just proposed to Felicity yeah. uh, and that he's doing so because he is going to be deported soon. He can't stay in the U.S. and he's hoping for a green card marriage. Mm-hmm. And that is what he is proposing to Felicity. And again, this is where we get to the part where, you know, when Felicity's telling Noel and He's like, and he just figured this out. I had the same reaction. Noel was me in that moment. Um, well, so Noel was also me, but for a different reason, because he looks at her and says, well, you said no, right? Which, which was kind of my reaction. I was like, okay, officiate, officiate. Nope, we want to, nope, actual merit, but you're not going to marry him, right? <laughs> and then Felicity says, it's cool to help someone out and i'm thinking back like if i like when i was 19 like mm-hmm. <laughs> i get that she's like impulsive and doesn't think things through but i don't know this seems like a really major thing that she is not thinking about at all and throughout the episode, she starts to realize it's like more and more serious. Mm-hmm. So. This is not the so and and I would say to you that this is unusual for Felicity, but it's not when I look at the when I look at the whole series, this is not going to be the only time where she says a quick yes to something and then starts to unpack the details of what that means and starts to freak, get freaked out about it. Um, so but she didn't do any research i get that that's the part that bugged me she says yes and then 
if it was Felicity, I would assume she would immediately go and do a bunch of research about it. Like she loves books, but she does no research whatsoever. And then comes to this meeting with the lawyer and is like, uh, prison time, what? Well, I think that when we see the types of scenarios that they'll put her in where she has this reaction, she tends to do her research by talking with people, which I suppose is a more cinematic way to show you because she can react in a conversation more so than like Felicity goes to library and stares at book and has a reaction to something she read that we can't see. So she'll tend to go out and have a conversation with somebody and that's where she learns her information. And in this case, it was the lawyer who was delivering it to her. So need to talk to a lawyer. It's just unfortunate that Javier was sitting right there while she was getting the information for the first time. Yeah. So I want to say to you that this is unusual, but it's actually not. Um, I feel like this is something about her character that she does make these big choices and she makes them and then she finds out what they entail. And you might even, it might even put in more context, the pilot if you know that she's somebody who would do something like this. So. But I I think for the pilot, she did have to do a bunch of research for that. Like she had to decide, like she had to make an app, you know, she had to do the application. She had to figure out where she was going to be living. She had to figure out, you know, money. Um, Like she had to go through a bunch of steps there. She did, but it mostly happened off screen. So, you know, we, we know it had to have happened at some point. We just didn't get a chance to see it. Um, And, you know, that's kind of how it's unfolding here. Mm -hmm. But I did love Megan's reaction. Uh (laughs) I mean, that scene where I just see this boot and I'm like, ah, it's Megan. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Applying a temporary tattoo. Yeah, of course. I mean, as you do. Um, yeah, and she's just like, man, every time I have you figure, I think I've got you pegged, you do something bitching. Yeah. Like a green card <laughs> marriage. And she's like, so you get in a car? And this for me just like warmed my heart because Javier is in the room at this point. And he looks at her uh, at Felicity and says, do you want a bike? And this <laughs> makes me so happy because if you go back and you look at her room, and this is something that I have been going off on, not on. Yes. Yeah, it's just I've been constantly bugging Melissa about this. Um, she has a coat hanger. And I don't know, since like the first episode or whenever we first see her in the dorm room, there has been a bike helmet on this coat rack and we have never seen her on a bike Mm -hmm. she has no bike and this random bike helmet Mm -hmm. and so i kind of feel like they're trolling us (laughs) because they put the bike helmet there and then they actually bring up that she doesn't have a bike yeah (laughs) and javier offers her to get her one and she says no yeah (laughs) i I feel like I know you so well, because as this was happening, (laughs) you know, Megan's like, is he buying you a car? And Javier's like, "Uh, no, but 
do you want a bicycle? Yeah. <laughs> and I just thought fish is going yep. to talk about the bike helmet. Yep. <laughs> and it came true. It yeah, came the prophecy true. is real. Um, yeah. Wow. It really played out just the way I wanted it to. That's <laughs> like the most satisfying thing that's happened in this episode. So that um, happened and she's still not going to have a bike. Sorry. No. But I bet you that bike helmet's still going to be there. Yeah. Well, so it is. But yeah, I mean, so this is a, an interesting storyline in terms of showing Felicity and how she approaches things. She initially is planning to say no when, after giving it a little thought. She says there's only one real reason to be to get married, and that's for love. And when she says that, it's with the tone of, I don't love Javier in that way. And so I will not marry him. But the very next time she sees him, he's upset. He's crying because he, you know, Samuel can't get transferred to Pamplona. Pamplona is only for big shots. Um, and he is not a big shot. And so we're going to be split up and he's upset about it. And then she realizes if she marries Javier, it would be for love just not specifically hers. Her love. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, this is sort of the romantic infelicity that's coming out. This is definitely a motivating factor for her to make decisions in other scenarios. And so she's saying yes, but doesn't really know what it means until he goes through the list of like, okay, so first we're going to do this. And then uh -huh. six months later, we're going to do this. And then uh -huh. a year later, and she's like, uh -huh. yeah. oh my God. She didn't even realize this was like a multi-year process. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not, not good. And the other, okay. So her and Javier do, do not practice. They don't learn things about each other, uh -huh. but um, in my head, when they were about to talk to the lawyer, I wrote down like they have to practice. And this is the moment where, you know, Felicity again, cannot keep her mouth shut i mean she says exactly what we're all thinking which is i mean do you really think this lawyer is going to believe that you're straight i mean she just says it mm -hmm. he says oh no 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 okay i'm flattered um she is the worst liar i mean she is not the person that you want to bring into a situation where under pressure they have to be good at lying mm -hmm. this is this is the wrong, wrong person. And I agree she should sleep on it and see a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the lawyer, you know, sitting down at this table, she knows exactly what she's seeing happen in front of her. Like she's seen it a million times. It's the million and one time, million and first time, whatever that is. Uh, and she is so wonderfully not even just suspicious. Jaded. She is in full disbelief of what she's no. seeing in front of her. She's jaded. She's just, there's no shock. There's, she's just like, yeah, okay. Okay. I mean, this is not real, but okay. Uh -huh. She's like, like, you get what you get, what the liability is here for you. Correct. Like you understand that I have communicated to you. <laughs> like, yeah. please nod your head. If you understand what I am saying. Great. All right. Yeah. It's like, I am uh, your lawyer. Let me lay these things out for you. You must support him. You are going to be completely in charge of everything he does. 
Uh, you were going to have fines. You could go to prison. I mean, she just goes through all these things. At no point does she in any way believe that these two are together. Mm-hmm. And I have an award here oh. that I would like to give for the best misspoken idiom mm-hmm. when Javier afterward you know felicity's like i don't really think she was convinced javier says no 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 she bought it hook line and fish yep that was my favorite line that is <laughs> the line it. we will use as a quote this week i loved it <laughs> oh He's, my they do such great lines with him like that where you're like oh that's not the line but i appreciate <laughs> you and i know what that means and i'm gonna roll with this she oh. bought it hook line and fish yeah. Plus, and, you know, he name checks you. Exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. So, you know, come to think of it, that. this was a very good fish episode on mm-hmm. a lot of levels. There's something I haven't even mentioned yet that I'll that I'll bring up a little later when we talk about Ryan. But right. uh, we've got Ben in the water. We've got yep. Javier talking about fish. Yeah. You must have felt very seen. I mean. It wasn't the greatest episode to be seen in. I know. But <laughs> but I will say, yes, there were many kind of callbacks to my my experience uh, as as a fish in the water. Yeah. Yeah. So they get about as out. far as this, right? I mean, the, I think where they land with this is after that meeting with the lawyer, Javier encourages Felicity to sleep on it. She's like, you know what? I think I might just do that. And then before she knows it, you know, Samuel has fought for getting a transfer to Pamplona and the miracle has happened and she doesn't have to get married to Javier after all, because, you know, Samuel and Javier are going to move back to Spain and be there together. And all's well that ends well. Yeah. And I think they had to do that, right? Because otherwise the rest of the season and the next two years she was going to be dealing with a green card marriage Mm -hmm. and everything that that then required yes well i you know i guess in a way this is sort of an educational episode i don't know i mean sort of in the way that drawing the line part two was educational uh and part one for that matter the the whole sex education bit I guess they were doing something a little similar to that here. They really lay out the steps for you and make the risks clear. And I don't know, there are a lot of shows that were talking about this in that level of depth, um, but they did it here and that was the directive. <laughs> so, Yeah. I mean, I was just thinking, like, what are her parents going to say? I mean, if this actually <laughs> happened, I mean, I can imagine her dad, like, calling the cops on them. It wouldn't have gone well, right? No. I mean, gosh, no. she's at a real crossroads. Because <laughs> not for nothing, but pers- from a personal standpoint, she's also been thrown into total disarray about her future career. So yeah. I don't know. Um We'll get back to that eventually, but in this episode, we're going to have her flirt with a possible marriage. And yeah, I yeah. think it's like a mid-freshman crisis or something. Sure. Before the quarter <laughs> life crisis was a thing. Yeah. Um. Oh boy. I also like how she introduced the whole thing to Noel because he's oh. talking about 
Ryan. He's obsessed with his the stuff that's happening with Ryan. And he's just talking nonstop about that. And she desperately wants to tell him that she was just proposed to. And so she just says, okay, this might be rude, but are we done with that topic now? Yes. <laughs> it's like as, <laughs> as abrupt as everything felt to me in that this episode was that yep. uh, perfectly matched how I felt. And I have never noticed how many conversations, like serious conversations Noel has while holding an armload of something. (laughs) In this case, it was so many books. Yeah. Why was he trying to carry that many books? I I don't know, but I'm starting to notice this too, because you picked up on it in several episodes and you're right. He's... It happened with the laundry. It happened with the iMac. Yeah, I don't know if he's like cleaning or rearranging or maybe when he gets flustered, he just needs to rearrange things. I I don't know. He just like it a, was like a little, you know, the way you carry a lot of laundry. He was just that's how he was holding a lot of books. There are so many smarter ways to do it. And if you're trying to straighten up, this is not the way. Put it down at some point. Like <laughs> To transfer said books from one location to another, but that's not how he rolls. No. I mean, he's not on a sports team or an intramural team, so maybe this is how he gets his workouts, just holding random stuff. Maybe he was about to put them into his locker. (laughs) (laughs) Something's got to go in those lockers, right? Yeah. Ah. I don't know. Gosh. I think this episode was very interesting, I think, both for Noel and Ben, because I've always felt that Noel, at least since we started watching this, that Noel has been insecure. Mm -hmm. And I always think that's a recipe for disaster, like insecurity, you know, breeds jealousy and violence and all this other stuff. So part of, you know, his insecurity is coming up and he's saying, you know, my brother's coming out. He's the talented one. Like I followed in his footsteps, all this kind of stuff. And, you know, Ben is also going through his own insecurity around kind of having, um, something to call his own, I guess, something that he's really good at. And whereas Ben kind of shuts down, gets defensive, maybe becomes a little snappy and moody, which P.S. I just generally hate you guys, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's just me. Mm -hmm. Um, Noel gets awkward and flustered and apparently picks up a lot of stuff. And so it i don't know there it's two very different reactions to insecurity and then then noel goes through this whole internal journey yeah in this episode that i actually think he did really well i mean scott foley played this really well because there was a lot going on that was never actually called out And I, I just want to feel explore like this with a you lot because Scott Foley did a good job showing how they wanted him to play Noel. And I'm still trying to decide if what they showed us about Noel is him. I, I can't I really like decide that. Was. 
You don't but feel I, like you know, it was? No, I do feel like it was. And okay. maybe it's because I haven't seen him in the future episodes, but up till now, I can absolutely see this being who he is because we have to remember the time period again, right? Mm-hmm. And as much as he, you know, comes off as sort of like sweet and um although that might be in debate now <laughs> you I know, know we've really been reviewing that haven't we yeah because he does say mm-hmm. these things that kind of come from the way that i've termed it is um kind of a just how he feels about the world mm-hmm. um and i don't like sometimes how he feels about the world uh things that he will say to felicity that sort of quote seem like a joke but maybe aren't and i feel like we're getting a lot of that here because this this is kind of the time period when you know the conversation about gay culture was um like some you know some people on the more progressive side were like i understand it or no, no, I, I accept it, but I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the, yeah. the conversation. Yeah. I, or I'm not comfortable with it. Yeah. I guess I'm, it's tricky for me to look at, to really unpack where, where he's coming from here, because um, I feel like as a character in the show, and even as an RA at times, He's been really a good, he's been a good listener or really, or like given more open advice uh, in situations where he doesn't feel really personally impacted. So it's hard for me to figure out if, because he seems really non-accepting in the whole interaction. Like it's, it's, it's very like pulling teeth, like he's getting information and it's making him real. And then he comes back and he apologizes for reeling. And then he gets a new piece of information that makes him reel even more. And it's like a cycle that, you know, because we see Ryan comes back. Noel thinks that he's going to tell him that he's proposed to his longtime girlfriend. Then Noel finds out his brother's gay. Then Noel finds out his brother's in a serious relationship. Then Noel finds out that his brother is going to basically get married pretty Mm -hmm. soon and have a commitment ceremony. And so there are these levels that happen. And it's as if, like, I don't know if I can, uh, I guess, expand his reaction to Ryan is how he feels about these things in general, because I think that he feels like it's a real personal hit. Like he thought he understood his brother and he's realizing how little he actually does understand his brother. And so his non-acceptance moments I don't know where it's coming from exactly. Um, And as an RA, I can't imagine he hasn't had people come into, we've never seen it, but I can't imagine that he hasn't had people who are on his floor or in his dorm who are living this lifestyle, right? So it can't be brand new to him. Um, And he tends to meet these things with research and like looking at his RA handbook. So uh, I feel for me, it feels like 
more of an issue that he thought he knew his brother and doesn't. Um, I did not feel that way, didn't feel that way. about okay. it. I mean, I do feel like everything he had was a very personal reaction to him. Mm-hmm. And it is very different to meet someone who is not close to you versus like your brother. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think he went, he is going through a bunch of emotions all at the exact same time. Yeah. And he's kind of bouncing all over the place. And I think that's what he played so well mm-hmm. is this mix of emotions um, that I think are really relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw so, denial big time in there. Yes, um, absolutely. And I mean, I'm thinking about 90, what this is 99 now. Mm-hmm. So I'm still in high school, but there was not a single person who was out in my high school. And it would not have been, I mean, there were certainly people who were gay, but it would not have been looked on favorably by the administration. And they actually made PDA rules about, you know, like, you know, you couldn't even have like two girls, like one sit on the other's lap you know, or something like that, which friends do. Mm -hmm. Um, And we had dances and there were rules that you could only bring someone of the opposite sex. And so, you know, that's the atmosphere that we're in. We're Mm -hmm. in an uncomfortable, and I think especially for males at that time, um, you know, this is this is a guy that Noel has looked up to his entire life. He has idolized him. And part of what he has idolized about him is how good he was with women. Mm-hmm. And so he's going through, you know, and he's talking about, you know, every girl, um, you know, he had all the best girls and, you know, he, these girls could have dated anyone and they pick him. So, part of it is he has been aspiring to be like his brother and then his brother's gay what does that say about him so he's got some personal stuff going on there and i will say because you picked on a slight you picked up a slightly different note here because you're you're commenting about his like he was the king of studs like he had all these girls but he uh noel is specifically often talking about amy leone which was ryan's girlfriend of a long time and he really put their relationship on a pedestal in a way that makes me think that Felicity is his Amy Leone. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. it also might be throwing that relationship up into review again as he uncovers this information about Ryan. Absolutely. I, I mean, I think he takes, he, he takes this very personally because of the way that he's idolized his brother and and thought about his own life and relationship to Mm -hmm. him. And then everything that you said, I also think is true. He's also having all of these reactions of, you know, I didn't know my brother and, you know, how has he not told me this and he's supposed to be close to me. And so there's some kind of righteous indignation there. And like, you should have trusted me with this. And at the same time, 
I think he's also uncomfortable with the concept that his brother is gay. And that is just coming through as well. So he's, he's shifting between these, like, I'm just generally uncomfortable with knowing someone who's gay. Mm-hmm. And then what does that mean about me? And then what does that mean about my relationships with Felicity and or other women? And then what does that mean about my relationship with my brother? I mean, mm-hmm. I saw all of these things happening and just ping-ponging around in mm-hmm. most of the scenes. Yeah. And I thought he did that so well because I feel like that's the reaction a person would have. There would be all of these different things going on inside of them when they hear big news. Yeah. And I think, you know, with that, there's like that, okay, there's a change happening and I want to bring things back to stasis. So he keeps saying, oh, well, maybe it's just a phase or maybe you and him will get back together. And it's like, ooh, well, that's not happening. No, (laughs) like this is a moment where you need to find your way to acceptance. Um, But what he really wants to be able to do is bring things back to what he was familiar to him. Yeah. Which, you know, would be hard if you're Ryan. And I mean, it is, he is getting all this information at one time. Yeah. I mean, that is a lot of information (laughs) to get at one time. And he does go back and he, he tries to apologize. And I feel like he's trying to be the guy who's accepting, but he's just not there. He's just, he's definitely not there. And, and that hits home with Ryan, you know, he's like, Oh, I never realized that by being honest, I could lose my family. I could lose you. Which I don't believe at all because he helped. I mean, he hasn't told anyone for his whole life, right? Mm -hmm. He's been dating someone for 10 months. He still hasn't told his parents. He, I, I feel like that was a bit of a dig at Noel. Um, because obviously he knew this wasn't this was not going to be easy. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's hard to imagine that he could not have thought that this would be one possible scenario that would play out. I mean, yeah, I agree with that. I think he says that towards the end of the episode. At which point, Noel's like probably got as many reveals from Ryan as he's going to get for a little while. And he's sort of sat with it and he's like, all right, all right, all right. I'm here ish. Um, And so he's like, no, you're not going to lose me. And they go into his exhibit and you kind of, it looks like they've gotten to a workable place um, and that he's hopefully closer to being like, this is what's happening now versus fighting it. Um, But you know, it's definitely a a road for him here. Um, And we can see it all playing out and it's all happening. And it's really only broken up with one moment of levity where they're all, you know, when he meets Alex and they're all at dinner, it's a double date with Ryan and Alex and Noel and Felicity and they're having dinner and it becomes a very, very uncomfortable, honest argument um, where Noel's like, stops just throwing all this stuff. I'm like, uh, you're getting committed now. Like what is happening here? I don't understand. And he gets up and he walks away and Ryan walks away, leaving Felicity and Alex at this table together. Alex, who hasn't barely said a word. 
uh, that we've seen. And there's this moment of incredibly awkward silence that Felicity breaks with uh, the best way of breaking it, I think, Mm -hmm. which was, I'm going to marry a gay guy too. (laughs) It was like, we just, you know, we had this episode and it resulted in that joke. Yeah. Uh, And again, not a good liar. She's uh-uh. just going to tell everyone. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not. <laughs> and I uh, like this guy, this guy yeah. who plays Alex. They just, they simply found somebody who could give the look that he gives after yeah. she says that. Like the, just total bewilderment. Um, yeah. <laughs> like mixed with incredible discomfort that everybody he was supposed to know just walked away from the table. <laughs> Well, and it's funny because we get these other characters. So we get Samuel and we get Alex. And um, I was listening to another podcast, I think, and they were talking about how, you know, there's different pay schedules for people. So if you don't say any lines, you know, they only have to pay you so much. And if you say like two or less lines, they have to pay you so much. But if you say more than two lines, then you're kind of fully in the show. And so the amount goes up. So I feel like they were trying to keep these other characters silent so they didn't have to pay them. Yeah. Which is like, I guess, normal on on television shows. But it was just really awkward to have them there and have them be these central figures that say nothing. Yeah. This show to this point hasn't necessarily done a stellar job of bringing somebody in for a short time and then sending them packing and making us understand how it happened. You know, like I, I think that they've um, and maybe that's a season one issue, because I think as we get into like season two and beyond, it is going to be a little bit more about like overarching story and less about this episode as a PSA for something. Um so, and even the ones that are a PSA, they, they still feel like they have a story in them usually, but, um, you know, they have a lot more work to do in this first season of like, here's somebody we're bringing in and now we're going to make them go right back out again. And the ability to make that believable and give us an entry and an exit that makes sense. They haven't always done a great job, especially with the exits, um, as we have referenced Tara slash Tara many times, yes. Uh, yes. you know, Tara, Tara. yes. Uh, but th- I'm sure there are other examples of this too. We're certainly seeing a bit of that in this episode. I um, mean, they just brought Todd in and let him get hit by a bus and then leave with his fiance. Yeah. He's just gone now. So, That's it. You know, he's the end of Todd. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. it was worth it. It was definitely worth it for us, mm-hmm. but um, you gotta yeah. wonder though, you know, now that it's been a little time for Todd and Rebecca, um, you know, cause even after they pack him up and put him in the van, Todd's still like that kiss was pretty amazing. So I have to wonder for poor Rebecca, like, is this a guy who's, who's satisfied <laughs> like his, whatever question marks he had, um, or is he just going to keep talking about this felicity? I don't care. I mean, yeah. <laughs> she should never have, never have gone out there. Like, whatever. He leaves to go kiss another woman. Like, bye. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, I'm not coming out there. I don't, I don't 
care that you got hit by a bus. I'm not bringing you home. I'm not nursing you back to health. Like you suck. Okay. Okay. I mean, I don't know what else to say to that because of all the things that were pissing me off in that last episode, she was one of them. I was like, you are enabling this behavior. Yeah. Stop it. I've reopened a wound. I apologize. Yeah. Well, I also wanted to point out a funny moment for me. There's a lot of stuff that happened in this episode. That's funny. If you listen to the muttering. So (laughs) there's a point when you walk into Noel's graphic, the, the exhibit where he has some work on display and there's a bunch of artists in the room, probably talking to people about their work. And Nola is mid conversation with somebody who appears to be interested in his fonts that Number he's created. And he oh. is delivering a really boring, uninteresting bunch of word salad mm-hmm. about, about what he created. And I can't even repeat back to you what he said. All I know is he was some, explaining something about font as structure. Yeah. And it went on for about 10 seconds. Oh. <laughs> He's throwing a lot of words that don't seem to go together. And then he sees Felicity and just exits the conversation. Just walks away. Yeah. He's like mid sentence. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. like, you are talking to someone who's actually interested yeah. in this. Yeah. And <laughs> you're giving a whole monologue on like your creation of your art and just it's like developing the design of Sorry. farm structure and buy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, is there no other way to do this? Yeah. Yeah. No, that was ridiculous. I agree. I felt the same way. Like um, at least have a, have somebody interested in have them be like, thank you for your comments. <laughs> like <laughs> make it an end say like, <laughs> I'll be right back in a minute have the conversation with Felicity, he can, (laughs) well, I guess he couldn't really walk off because then he saw Ryan, but like, at least say you're going to come back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was like just flitting about in that room as if it had nothing to do with his career. Yeah. Uh, yeah, That's null for you. But I Uh, also, I loved the conversation he had with Felicity where he just looks at her and is like, well, this was just a very Felicity thing to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, kinda I don't know is. how to take that. It kind of is. Like, if you get further into the series and you see more examples of stuff like this, it's like, yeah, maybe that yeah. tracks for me as something that would, I think I know what he means when he says this is a Felicity thing to do. I think there's an impulsiveness yeah. about her. Um, uh, that comes from a good place, whether or not it's fully researched or aware of consequences. Uh, and I think that's what I think of when I think of this as a Felicity thing to do. All right. Yeah. So she just never learns. She sometimes leaps before looking. <laughs> right. I um, mean, it's even like, you know, and this is a different example, but rewriting Ben's paper. Why? You know, like, why? But I suppose that also was a Felicity thing to do where she just went and did it and thought about it later. Too late, you might say. I just, this is, well, but this is why with the paper thing, I think there should have been some more 
severe consequences for her because she's never going to learn if like other people keep bailing her out or like magically the script like doesn't have her deal with any of them yeah so i do wonder if in the future and and they probably will um i mean i'm sure you guys are thinking of examples who who know the show better but she probably will have to face some consequences at some point but I don't know. It'll become increasingly frustrating to me if she doesn't learn. And well, and she, she often doesn't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, well, I mean, I can think of some examples later where she'll be in a relationship and she'll do stupid stuff and it'll have an impact on the relationship. But I think that some of these bigger things uh, that are just like so random don't necessarily bear out in punishment uh, or consequences. So, you know, so I guess the theory, the working theory that you've got is had she just been penalized more for rewriting Ben's paper, perhaps she wouldn't have gotten this close to a green card marriage. Well, and other things along the way, you know, just maybe if, I don't know, Ben had caught her staring at him from the shadows as he was running around the track and had said, get away from me, you stalker. Mm-hmm. you know or i mean just these things that she does that you're like ah um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if she actually had to deal with the consequences of them or if she went through a green card marriage then i don't know maybe in the future she would not do something else mm-hmm. well it's not why we watch a show i guess because this is <laughs> this is a very important part of her uh or something that will at least be a factor yeah and maybe she doesn't learn and that's just part of who she is and being also a very logical person it will drive me a little insane but i also just will have to accept her as she is well this this actually dovetails very well with my notes from an optimist thank you for this excellent segue because my notes from an optimist are all about acceptance and here you are needing to accept that this is the felicity we're getting. <laughs> um, yeah, I will have to. Yeah, I mean, I think that it, there's something to be said for that in this episode where we're saying, you know, a lot of people are figuring out something important about themselves and the characters, the friends and other loved ones around them are probably going to be able to have a more productive, healthier relationship if they can find their way to acceptance. And I think we're seeing some examples of people who are hard, having a harder time get there, like Noel. But we're also, you know, finding some people who are who are really trying to figure out what's happening for the other person. And I think this has a lot to do with listening and trying to understand who somebody really is. And you know, if you can get to a place of acceptance, it's probably a stronger foundation for the relationship to move forward. So I thought this was an interesting exercise in looking at acceptance at a deeper level. Uh, we have it both with the theme that's happening, but we have it with Julia as well, trying to figure out what's going on with Ben and trying to you know, be there as, her, as his girlfriend. And we have it with Felicity trying to figure out what she can do to support love in this scenario. So I think you know, this idea of acceptance, um, especially coming off of the last episode where Felicity is in an existential crisis that we've put to the side for a moment, but, you know, she's trying to figure out what her way forward is. And 
you know, that will she be supported in that by Noel and the other people around her? I think that all ties in with this idea of if you can be accepted for who you are, it might be a little easier to continue being that and to, to really find the right path for you. Yep. I think that makes sense. Not just other people accepting you, but you accepting other people and accepting yourself and kind of being kind to yourself. Yeah, accepting yourself seems to be a really important thing too. I don't know if we looked at that quite as much here, but I think a lot of that work happens off screen. Yes. So, I agree with that. Yeah. Well, well uh, there's so more. before. Oh, you read? No, you go. <laughs> um, I did just want to bring up two particular shots that ah. I thought were really cool. Um, one that I don't think we've seen before, but it was the shot when Ben was swimming mm, and they followed that. him. Mm-hmm. I thought that was just, yeah. It was interesting to see because I watched a lot of swimming coverage and like, you know, for sport events, but that's not a shot that people would ever really use because they want to no. show you like the overhead or the side shot where you can see how close people are to each other. And to see somebody being tracked from behind was really interesting in the pool. Yeah, and I figured, you know, they must have somehow put a crane like over the pool and then moved it right along with him. So could have been. Must have been a tough, tough shot to get, but I think it was worth it. I mean, I really it left an impression. Yeah, it was beautiful. And you're really following his journey literally. Yeah, it was like you were going in with him. Mm-hmm. getting us invested since uh, apparently the swimming thing is going to be a thing now uh, <laughs> much to your chagrin <laughs> <sighs> well i mean look there's also positives because you know there's a lot less clothing being worn that's true and, there's that yeah i mean his hair looks good wet and uh i'm just saying i mean it's it's not the worst thing yeah, and maybe it'll give you some good sense memories along the way of your own life. I don't know. I mean, I I think it's less likely that than me just staring at him. Okay. But well, you I, do you. Yeah, exactly. You, you accept me, and I appreciate that. That's <laughs> 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 how this works. Um, okay, so the other one I think has, and I mean, you can tell me if I completely have misread this, but... Towards the end of the tape from Sally, she says something like, um, when we see people in love, we want to do something for them because we want to be them. Mm -hmm. And at that exact moment, the shot that we have is when she's saying, when we see people in love, the shot is of Javier and Samuel getting in, it's a taxi together. Mm-hmm. And it says, and then as she says, because we want to be them, we pan up to Felicity and Noel, who were just kind of standing next to each other. Mm-hmm. And to me, that felt like them foreshadowing that Felicity and Noel are not actually in love and that it's not going to work out. Interesting. Like that, that sort of the way she was saying it and then panning up was like, you know, we see people in love, 
Samuel and Javier are in love and we want to be them, dot, 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 but we're not. And oh my goodness. Publicity. Whoa, that's a big one, Fish. So watch this space. But I will also point out the other thing that you didn't point out, which was behind them off to the side, but not far, is Ben. I did not notice that. Mm-hmm. Now I'm gonna have to go back and look at it again. Yeah. So I mean, obviously they are um they're like kind of dead center in the window. And Ben is a little behind them, a, a little enough off to the side where you can see him in the frame. But he it's they're the three of them are in that shot. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, that's a really interesting interpretation of that and a good interpretation of that as far as I can tell. So yeah. You just, uh, you just keep watching that space. I mean, I figured they, they can't just be together for the next four years. That would be kind of a boring show. So mm-hmm. it's probably a good bet that at some point it's not going to work out, but I feel like, I don't know. It was kind of, it feels like it's coming or at least like a storm is coming or something. I'm very happy that you had this reaction. I think that you're going to be very satisfied with the next episode. Oh. You know, this is what I like about the show. I say something and then immediately it happens. Mm -hmm. Like Elena just decking Blair or. Mm -hmm. uh, That was, that was so incredibly rewarding (laughs) to watch that play out real time. Hit him, hit him. Oh my God, she hit him. (laughs) That was really something. I was like, oh, she got what she wanted. Um, It makes me so happy when that happens for fans. Because they, you know what? They told us what they were going to tell us. They yeah. told us, and then they told us what they told us. <laughs> uh, we needed Elena to take action, and she did. So I'm actually really happy that this is where your brain is headed because I was worried that this is just like a random episode in the middle that has nothing to do with anything. And the fact that it seems like it still moved a story forward for you mean something yeah i mean i definitely think there were little pieces in this that they're still going to move forward like how ben is going to react to things and you know the status of felicity and noel and and ben is gonna you know ben swimming Mm -hmm. is uh important in a way you wouldn't think in the show so getting him to the pool is important um and i you know i guess there's stuff that'll bear out later that couldn't have happened had he not had this happen so that's good but some of the really important stuff i mean like they're eventually going to bring javier back they're going to find a way to do it uh we will see ryan again but not much of him i also wanted to point out the thing that i said i was going to mention and then didn't because shame on me so ryan is played by a guy named eddie mcclintock and i thought looks a little familiar, but have I seen him in anything? And I looked through his credits and I realized, no, he's been in a lot of stuff and I've watched none of it. But the first thing that I saw, the first thing my eyes settled on when I looked at his credits was something called a fish story. Oh, look at that. It all comes full circle. Yeah. Well, if it's a circle or not, but there's definitely several, there are a few at least fish or water references. So again, I just hope you feel seen. I do. I appreciate that. Yeah. 
Excellent. Well, uh, I mean, you had mentioned the idea of Sally's tape. So why don't we go into it and talk about what Sally said versus what she meant? I'll say what she said. You'll tell us what she really meant. Sounds good. All right. Dear Felicity, as crazy as it is, I probably would have done the same thing. I would not have done the same thing. I would have offered to marry Javier too. I would not have offered to marry Javier. Your tape reminded me of something I haven't thought of in a long time. Pursuant to 8 U.S. Code 1325, any individual who knowingly enters into a marriage for the purpose of evading any provision of the immigration law shall be imprisoned for no more than five years or fined no more than $250,000 or both. Love is complicated, full of sacrifice and compromise, but maybe that's the best part. I'm not going to discourage you. You're young and impulsive and kind, and it worked out this time. When you see someone in love, you want to do whatever you can for them. But at some point, you're going to have to learn that there are consequences for your actions for you, for your loved ones, legal, psychological, and spiritual consequences. Because the truth is, you want to be them. When I took my vows to love and honor and be faithful to John, I met them with my whole heart. And I hope someday you'll have the same opportunity. Just as long as it's not to Ben. Just kidding, I know you're over him. Oh, my goodness. You're you're over him, right? (laughs) Uh, I mean, Sally's just dishing out some real tough love here. Well, but she's she's not telling this to Felicity because she's like, whew, she got she uh, she managed to stay out of this. So I'm I'm not actually going to say anything, but um, could could have been a real mess there. Yeah. Sally's also gaslighting herself a little bit because she didn't actually marry John. She was a fiance. She was planning to, but didn't actually have. Sally doesn't always remember her own past. Yep. That tracks. (laughs) 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 That totally tracks here. I mean, she has lived a lot of different kinds of life. Yeah. Um, The what Sally meant section. Exactly. And she's had, she's had a lot going on and maybe it was just a dream. Um, maybe an alternate reality, but we don't know, but, um, I like it. probably more likely that she just did, doesn't remember what she said in previous episodes. That's gotta be it. I mean, who can, <laughs> when, when your tapes are a school of lies, <laughs> how can you, possibly remember all the things you said to Felicity when you meant all this other stuff behind it. Exactly. Oh my goodness. Well, uh, you know, as much great listener feedback as we have, there's nothing really specific to this episode. So I thought we might just go straight into rating the episode and see what we think about it. Although I have a sinking feeling about (laughs) where we're headed. Um, So, Fish, why don't you jump in first? Okay, okay. Um, I'm giving it a 4.5. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, I don't really know how to soften that. It's, uh, it was (laughs) random. And it wasn't that I necessarily disliked all of it. I mean, there were some funny moments. Um, and as we found, you know, some, some things that will continue into the future. But for most of the episode, I was just thinking, what? Huh? huh? Okay. What? Yeah. And that is therefore reflected in my 4.5 gloves. Yeah. Okay. Well, we warned you, audience. We did. Um, uh, from the start, we, we were consistent. We really were. Uh, so I have chosen to rate this episode in hair nuts because, oh, what else would you rate this episode in? I want to know aside from gloves and hair nuts. Um, and I gave this one a five out of 10. Yeah. So this is our worst episode so far. Oh, um, look, it's still, you know, watching an episode of Felicity is still watching an episode of Felicity. It's a yeah, good use of time. I was time. about to say, watching the worst episode of Felicity is still better than not watching an episode of Felicity. Yeah, and we have a really high bar. You know, we we have both had a 10 to this point. We know where those 10s are. Yeah, and this, mine was not that long ago. Yours was recent. Was yeah. episodes ago. And mine was was finally, you know, and uh, there's there's more to come for me. And this, if I'm comparing up against something like those episodes, um, this just, I mean, we've been saying it, right? Like, this just was a lot of stuff that feels so random in the story. And I just, this would have landed differently for me if some of the things that were just plopped on us in this episode were set up a little in maybe the previous episode, which they set up a lot of like this. I think you really pinpointed where my issue was. They did set up a lot of stuff in the last episode, the last two episodes, they set up a ton and they ignored it for the purposes of this one. So maybe the issue is that this episode is misplaced. I feel like it could have been, I, I think you're right. It could have either come sooner or later, although they have, they've already packed a lot of stuff in sooner. So yeah, um, the problem is that looking but, at what's ahead, they would have had a hard time doing exactly this episode later. Mm. Yeah. And that's where I'm coming down on. Maybe it would have made more sense to take everything that was in this episode and put it across two or even a little bit into a third episode and actually take some of those things they set up and put them also in the other episodes. Mm-hmm. The problem is that looking at what's ahead for us, I would not undo what's ahead. I just wouldn't. And if they were given 21 episodes of television for this season, uh, they're heading in a direction that has literally nothing to do with what they set up in this episode. And I'm happy with the direction they go. So it's like, I guess if they were trying to address these themes, I guess I don't know where I would have put it. I mean, I feel like you can have subplots, you know, or you can have multiple main plots going at the same time. 
and you can just weave them differently because I, I would have felt very differently about this episode if we had gotten a couple of scenes of Felicity in the studio. Mm -hmm. You know what? It's occurring to me. Maybe we needed it before Todd Mulcahy part one. Maybe we needed this between friends and Todd Mulcahy part one. Yeah. That, is that was a great, like, we're taking a breath. We've wrapped up a couple things. Maybe this is something that bridges the gap between that and the new storyline they're going to create. I think that would have worked for me a whole lot better. Um, and maybe I would not have had any issues with this episode if it had come at a different time. Yes. Maybe it would have made sense for it to be before Todd Mulcahy part one, but during the two part episode, maybe they sprinkle in a few things like Ben is at the hospital saying like, ah, I'm at the hospital, but I should be swimming right now. So yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it's always nice to have the threads that continue beyond the episode that you're, I mean, even when you've got a bottle episode, when it's like this story was meant to be self-contained, usually you do continue to see little threads that kept pulled for the fans. So uh, had they put this episode before Todd Mulcahy part one, right after friends, it would have then, you could have had a couple of those little threads be pulled. Uh, ben would have still been in the pool. There would have been some of those things that continue, but then you could have started sort of clean with the stuff that comes out of Todd Mulcahy's uh, part one and two leading into what naturally seems to follow it without that interruption. Um, I wish they had done that. Well, and I wonder, and this is again, just going to be my memory. Were there any like fantastic Javier scenes in Todd Mulcahy part one and two? No, I think he's like the one character that really doesn't do much in those, right? I mean, then, Todd yeah. Mulcahy part one, he doesn't have a, an experience. Um, I mean, I think Todd Mulcahy part one, um, they're going to, uh, Felicity and Elena are going to take the test mm -hmm. for Dr. McGrath's seminar. Todd shows up in Dean and DeLuca, but I don't believe he ever sees or interacts with Javier. So I think it would have made no change, to be honest. Um, we solved it. All right. From now on, we're, when rewatching, just watch this one before Todd Mulcahy part one and two, and then go on to the next one. It's such a shame that there was this easy an answer. <laughs> Why? Well, we, we haven't done it. So we'll have to go back and test that. You know, others, if... If you feel as we do that this may have been misplaced, try it and, and let us know your reactions to it. Well, um, also, not for nothing, Todd Mulcahy Part One aired February 9th, very close to Valentine's Day. Uh huh. So come on, folks. <laughs> I feel like some people in the writer's room got their index cards swapped or something. I don't know. Well, maybe, but that was like, Todd's doing the the grand romantic gesture for Valentine's Day. He could have done it the he could have done it on February 16th. That's true. And I mean, in all fairness, it ends with him being hit by a bus and yeah. him having a fiance. So yeah. it's not like a truly romantic episode. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, why? Why does I mean they pay us the big bucks for the podcast, but not to not to rewrite the show. Not to do their I job mean, for them. Yeah. Ugh. Look, I love this show. It's a great show. Even the episodes I don't love, I still love. Uh, this just got, you know, our worst rating so far is all. Yeah, it's all comparative. Yeah. Well, there you have it. Look, we would love to hear from you listeners because we have griped about this episode from moment one of this podcast. <laughs> and maybe you loved it or maybe you too don't want to talk about this and want to talk about something else. Yeah. Write us. Let us know. Uh, <laughs> you can reach us at themelissafish at gmail.com. That's Melissa with one L, two S's, themelissafish at gmail.com. Also, come join us on Instagram. There's so many cool people we're meeting there. We're at Felicity Podcast. And if you would like to know when episodes drop, we send out a newsletter when they do. And so you can sign up for that to be informed when a new episode comes out by checking out the show notes. There's going to be a link in the show notes to sign up. So that is all the housekeeping, but I'm looking forward to the next episode. We're going to talk about an episode called The Fugue. Oh, that's intriguing. Mm-hmm. I am very excited to look at that one actually with you. So that'll be fun. Nice. Yeah. But anything else that you want to say about this one, Fishes? Is there any other way we can critique it or be scathing <laughs> or nice? I don't know. Anything else? I think we've, uh, we have thoroughly skewered it. I yeah. do just want to say um, just a brief shout out and thank you to those uh who did reply on instagram to melissa trolling me about how to eat a sausage uh <laughs> in support of the you can eat a sausage with a fork or however else you'd like um does not necessarily have to be cut up with a a knife and you know la di da i'm fancy in eating a sausage so thank you i appreciate you i hear you you're wonderful. <laughs> yeah. What have you got to say, Melissa? <laughs> Look, there were people who agreed with me. All right. Yeah, one. There was one person. There weren't exactly a lot of people who were jumping in and supporting <laughs> you. I think you're overinflating a little bit. A little bit. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Guys, this is like maybe <laughs> the biggest fight we've had. Yet. in a long time except for the time we when we argued over the meaning of the word quaint look don't start <laughs> do not bring these nice people into that argument <laughs> well don't it do happens. It. sorry <laughs> um yeah guys a place can be quaint if it's not in new england right no no, no, no. don't start <laughs> it's gonna end the podcast and we're just we're it's gonna be over um like, that's true that's true yeah. if you don't see us talk about season one episode 16 this is where it all came apart <laughs> 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 yeah we just we just sort of poked at each other until we decided to disband yeah. um <laughs> so we, we have very strong feelings about this yeah hopefully it won't end in that sort of outcome because that would be awful there will be no us. winners yeah, no we winners. would all be losers. That's fine. 
Um, well, okay. So I guess we've done it for today. I guess we've tackled everything there is to be tackled. We've skewered, as you said, this episode, uh, and then also tried to point out the funny stuff, but we've done it. We've done it all. And until next time, fish, don't hook up with Ben while I'm gone. I'm a fish. Bye. Bye, everyone.